Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance. At ACE, we believe there's nothing better than helping kids. That's why we've been proud to support Children's Miracle Network Hospitals for over 25 years. This Friday through Sunday, get our 5-gallon bucket and 20% off almost anything that fits inside when you donate $5 to support Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. And like ACE, CMN Hospitals are local, so the money you donate helps kids near you. ACE is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Offer valid at participating stores on regular price merchandise only. Additional conditions and exclusions apply. See store for details. Welcome to Total Wine and More. It's much more than a wine store. It's the eighth wonder of the world. When people talk about Total Wine and More, they get a little carried away. We're just a big, friendly place run by people with a passion for wine and beer. See, we travel the world to find the best wines from the best regions, and we sell them at the lowest prices anywhere. And friendly, helpful experts at every turn. You know what? Maybe we are the eighth wonder of the world. Shop in store or online at TotalWine.com. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Podcast. I'm Brian Taporic, and basketball is back, finally. We have a lot to talk about today, so apologies in advance if we don't get to your favorite team, but it's a long season, so we will get there shortly. Uh, before we get underway, wanted to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find all of our Twitter handles, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some reviews. We would love any feedback. We're being hosted this Want extra cash for vacation or to buy something you've always wanted? Transfer your auto loan to Pathways Financial Credit Union and we'll give you 1% cash back up to $1,000. And you can enjoy no payments for three months. Visit a convenient Central Ohio location and let us take care of your auto loan and provide extra cash. Check us out at PathwaysCU.com. Offer of credit subject to credit approval. Loan interest will continue to accrue during the first three months of no payments. Pathways is federally insured by the NCUA. This year on FanRag Sports, so check them out on Twitter at FanRag Sports and for their NBA content at FanRag NBA. Joining me today, as always, are my two co-hosts, Morton Jensen and Sarah Chalea. How's it going, you two? It's going pretty well, Brian, because I wasn't down by 58 points last night. <laughs> there you go. Your, your former Bulls are in trouble, Mort, because those Suns, they are really something awful. Oh, don't worry. I mean, if if anyone knows what happened with the Bulls a couple of nights ago, <laughs> yeah, that just that bar just lowered ten wins. It, so. Yeah, it really did. It's okay. We yeah, I I wrote a thing for Fansided before the season started, and I was like, because the lottery is going to change in twenty nineteen, I was like, is this going to be the most epic tank race to end all tank races? And one game into the season, that, that prediction is looking pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sarah, how's it going with you? Your Spurs picked up a big win last night. They did. Um, I'm pretty happy about that. Myself, I picked up a loss. Um, feeling pretty old today because I fell yesterday. Oh, no. And I've realized that I am now the age where I can no longer fall and not feel it later. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to get a rebound that kind of flew off the rim quicker than I anticipated and went over my head so I went to go after it but I was in these new shoes 
So, like, my whole body was going right. Everything was with me. The knee twisted. Everything was going. But then it was like my feet were encased in cement. So I just kind of tipped over like a tree. Just, yeah, fell on everything. So my hip hurts this morning. Probably going to lock up on me if we record too long. And I'll need someone to get me out of this chair. (laughs) We will try to keep it short for you. Geez, this has been a brutal (laughs) week of basketball injuries. Not not a good start to the season. So we, we need to start with that, unfortunately. Uh, we're, we'll start basically from Tuesday night and just move chronologically through the rest of the week. Uh, Boston and Cleveland tipped off the season Tuesday. About five minutes into the game, uh, Gordon Hayward went up for an alley-oop, came down, uh, suffered one of the most gruesome ankle injuries you will see in a basketball wow. game this year, hopefully. Uh, his ankle was basically twisted a 90 degree angle turns out he uh, fractured his tibia dislocated his ankle adrian wojnarowski of espn is reporting that he is likely out for the year which if you saw it should probably come as no surprise more how do you think mm. are, like are they capable of replacing gordon hayward i mean they played well without him jalen brown has showed a lot jason tatum mm. Has been playing pretty well. Do you think they have the horses still to remain one of the top two or three teams in the East, even without Hayward? It's a good question. I mean, you can't really replace a Gordon Hayward for everything that he does. He's a great defender, a great scorer, playmaker. He rebounds like he he's an all around guy. So when you you lose that component, I don't think you have like one or two guys who has to step up. You, you, the whole team really has to pick up the slack. Thankfully, they do have some depth. Um, Jason Tatum seems to be a pretty good, you know, draft pick selection for them. Jalen Brown came on strong, so hopefully, they'll survive. But I mean, really, what does that matter? And they might win the, you know, the number one seed, the second seed, but in the playoffs, they are not going to be as big of a threat because no Gordon means a lesser ceiling. So. Boston season this year is is probably capped at a significantly lower rate than it was, yeah, forty eight hours ago. I I will say this about the whole injury. You know how often, especially NBA Twitter, goes on these rampages about oh you know everyone is buddy buddy and everyone should hate each other. They should mm-hmm. want blood and what up. Yeah, I get that. But what I really love about the NBA is when this happened, mm-hmm. everyone. Everyone on the Cavs, even the Cavs crowd, who have been, I'm sorry, Cavs fans, but have in the past been absolutely obnoxious. <laughs> right. That was not the case. Everyone was incredibly quiet and showed Hayward tremendous respect. And the whole Cavs crew was just, they were down on their knees, not really, you know, grabbing the situation. And it's because they realized at that moment they're all in the same boat. Every mm-hmm. 10 players who are out on that court knows that it could have been each and every one of them. And I think the NBA community in that sense, especially when it comes to injuries, is just so damn fantastic because within minutes you saw Paul George go on Twitter. I mean, I saw his tweet in, in support of Hayward like four minutes after he posted it and it already had like four and a half thousand retweets. Like he was right there and a bunch of NBA stars and role players and and guys were just out there supporting Hayward. And I really, really love it that when, when things get real, like injuries, injuries are real. Narratives are not necessarily real. Injuries are. And when they happen, everyone stands together to show this 
unified sense of support and i just good on you nba players good on you nba as a whole because that is just tremendous that is just tremendous to see yeah well said mort i mean i (laughs) to be honest i had just gone to check on my dog and then i came back and i saw the arena was silent i saw the celtics players all in a huddle I saw, you know, like Dwayne Wade taking a knee at midcourt. And I was like, what mm. the hell just happened? Like, I had no idea. And then I went on Twitter and then I could, you know, pretty quickly piece it together. But I'm totally with you. I think the NBA's um, outreach as a whole was just really great to see. And as you said, you know, all these guys, like it was a total freak play. And it gives you an appreciation of like, this could happen to anyone at any time. Like, that, how many times do these guys come down, you know, like, <laughs> on a failed alley-oop attempt or on an alley-oop attempt? Like, it's just a total freak accident. And as you said, like, all of them, I'm sure, saw their own careers flash before their eyes. Like, they know yeah, this really could happen to anyone. So, you know, all, I'm sure all of us here, all of us in the NBA community, you know, we joke about, you know, hating teams and hating players. Like, all of us want Gordon Hayward to get back healthy and back to his all-star form like the nba i keep saying is it's better when everyone's healthy like we don't want to wish injuries upon anyone and it's not just because we want you know a a competitive eastern conference finals it's just like i don't want to see a guy's livelihood threatened because of something like that so yeah prayers up so hayward and and on a positive note and i this is just meant as a as kind of a, a, a well-mannered joke, but the, the Celtics ended up paying $5.9 million per minute that Hayward played. <laughs> well, they're, they're going to get so, an injury uh, exception are, or something. They are. So. Well, it's just, it's, I was looking at the number because uh, I was kind of curious. I, I didn't remember like his opening salary, and it was mm-hmm. almost $30 million, So yeah. playing five, five minutes, uh, I mean... Good on you, Gordon, for at least signing that deal. Because yeah. this is what we are also concerned with. When we talk about contracts, especially if you're going up for a new deal and like, do you want to bet on yourself and or do you want to sign for the long term and get the security? Gordon Hayward got the security and thank goodness he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's right. It, it's hopefully the same thing or the same fate does not befall people who did gamble on themselves like a nerland's oh right right yeah yeah uh, you're totally right about that um sarah let's move to the Cavs side because even after hayward went down you know the Cavs, they were up i think 16 at halftime but then behind an avalanche of three pointers from kyrie irving uh boston came storming back in the second half brown played well yeah i think team high 25 points um do you think what what did you take away from the Cavs side uh, in their first game? I'm glad that you kind of broke that down with the Reader's Digest version because I'll be honest, I zoned out of most of the rest of that game after the injury. <laughs> I just I could not focus whatsoever, yeah. and I came back to myself about I don't know five minutes to go. I was like, oh, it's a game. How did that happen? I really had no idea. So okay, Kyrie. Kyrie hit some threes, that's good to know. Um, Yeah, the main thing that I took away from it was really LeBron. Um, Mm. You've been talking about how you thought he he would go off this season. And personally, I kind of still expected him to coast. Of course, I figured he'd go hard in that game for 
for reasons uh, <laughs> right. the opening night game but uh, I, yeah I wonder if he's going to keep that up all year because of course he pretty much does it every year whether he's coasting or not but but just I, I never cease to be amazed by how freaking good that guy is and it's just incredible <laughs> so I mean that was that was one takeaway the other takeaway was Kevin Love not getting the touches and the shot attempts <laughs> that I was hoping he would get I'm hoping that turns around. Uh, obviously, they could, well, I was going to say they could stand to make some adjustments defensively. I don't know that they actually can make many adjustments defensively. Um, those are probably the three main takeaways for me. Uh, LeBron is LeBron. Oh. Please involve Kevin Love more <laughs> right. and fix that defense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ty Lue has already come out and said they want to get Kevin Love more touches. So. Uh, it sounds do like it. It, you can yeah. do it <laughs> right do it. you are you are the coach <laughs> it is your job um yeah so i agree hopefully they'll, they'll get him more involved moving forward jay crowder it's like if you could design a player in a factory meant to play next to lebron james it is jay crowder like he's gonna be just such a godsend for that team and uh, i mean you know i <laughs> he he shot i think like above I want to say above 40% from three-point range last year. Um, I don't know if that continues, but he shot it well uh, opening night, so that's encouraging. If he keeps doing that, it will really help uh, that backcourt, which cannot space the floor well. So, Wart, I want to throw this one back to you because we we talked about it in the preseason when they announced Derrick Rose and Dwayne Wade would Mm -hmm. start together. Um, the early returns were not great on that backcourt. I think D Rose was something like five of fourteen for fourteen points. Uh, yep. I don't remember if either guy hit a three. Rose at least attempted yep. a couple, so he wasn't saving Ro- them for Rose the playoffs. Hit one. He hit yep. one. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, wasn't all that great from what I saw, though. So, do you think it's? Do they need to? make a change already or do you think you know at this point it's just so early in the season they're gonna evaluate how that goes before possibly moving J.R. Smith back into the starting lineup I love that you're asking me this question what came into the season I mean obviously yeah yeah. no we we talked about this even before the season began this is a ridiculous idea to start Rose and Wade we all knew that both of them are just not defensive capable at any point anymore and they're non-shooters so this is this is just awful. And the fact that Kevin Love got nine shots compared to Rose who took 14 and Dwayne Wade who got 10 yeah. is just, no, the shot distribution just has to be so much better for Cleveland. And those two guys, I mean, individually, they are, they carry a lot of talent. But together, it's just you, you're not maximizing what you can do. Get J.R. Smith out there alongside Rose and then make Wade the super sub until Isaiah Thomas comes back and then you can start Isaiah and Wade mm-hmm. but thing is it's not going to help Isaiah is not really a defender himself so the, that whole the, the three main guards that they're going to play are going to be a train wreck defensively yeah. which is why regardless of people going oh the Cavs the Cavs the Cavs look if they're going up against Steph Curry mm-hmm. and Clay Thompson and Nick Young in the playoffs. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm not mentioning Nick Young. He's a gunner. Come on. And like, what chance do you have? Let's let's just be real about it. If Steph Curry comes down on break, what can Derrick Rose or Dwayne Wade or Isaiah Thomas do? Nothing. Same goes for when Clay comes down there. Like, what can you do? 
Yeah, I mean, we said that a couple weeks ago, and nothing has changed. Right. I think I tweeted on Tuesday night, like, Steph Curry is just going to salivate watching the film of Derrick Rose trying to guard Kyrie Completely. Irving. Like, Completely. It was just a layup line all night. So, I'm with you, I think. But Ty Lu is bad. I mean, yeah. come on, that's, he's, I, it, he's been bad for a while. It's just, he has to manage so many egos. I get it. Like, it's it's a tough position to be in, and... You know, it it doesn't help that they won the game. Like, they need to encounter some early season adversity so he can actually have an excuse to try something new. Uh, but, yeah, I think Isaiah Thomas can't get healthy soon enough. Because, like, as you said, like, Derrick Rose, he actually had some pep in his step. Like, he had some blow-by game. So, yep. like, he's not washed up completely. It's just, like, the combination of him and Wade is not passable moving forward. Well... Okay, so here's the thing about Derrick Rose, and that's, this applies to his season in New York as well. Derrick put up, I think, round 18 last year, I feel, mm-hmm. and he had that blow-by thing. But as a guy who saw every game of his MVP season and followed him Chicago very closely, there is a difference, and in difference in importance to the points that he's getting. Those points he got in Chicago mattered yeah. <laughs> in a way that they don't really do right now. He's attacking primarily against weaker competition when he's aggressive. It's just, it seems like it's just empty points that he puts up, which is, I know, I've always been against the empty points argument, especially Anton Jameson was labeled as such, and I think that was wrong. But it, he just, he doesn't carry the same importance to a team at all anymore. Like, not even remotely close. I've, I'm, like you, I'm not saying he's done or washed up. I still think he's got tremendous loads of talent, but can he convert that into winning plays i'm not sure yeah we will see uh, i think the Cavs play the bucks on friday if i'm not mistaken so that should actually be a pretty good barn burner between two top mvp candidates easter is coming up and i just can't wait to have the whole family in one place and of course what's easter without an awesome easter brunch now i don't know about your family but mine is a little picky and i really wanted to impress them with something delicious a friend told me i should check out total wine and more it was crazy they must have every wine and beer imaginable i told one of their friendly experts my situation and they found me just the thing this sparkling wine is going to be absolutely perfect for brunch even with my picky family i know next time i need something i'm shopping at total wine and more. Easter is coming up, and I just can't wait to have the whole family in one place. And of course, what's Easter without an awesome Easter brunch? Now, I don't know about your family, but mine is a little picky, and I really wanted to impress them with something delicious. A friend told me I should check out Total Wine and More. It was crazy. They must have every wine and beer imaginable. I told one of their friendly experts my situation, and they found me just the thing. This sparkling wine is going to be absolutely perfect for brunch, even with my picky family. I know next time I need something, I'm shopping at Total Wine and more sarah let's move to the rockets warriors game because that was that there was another injury hopefully it wasn't serious draymond green left in the end of the third quarter with a knee strain which alex tells me is not actually a thing because uh, <laughs> <laughs> like david aldridge kept saying knee strain knee strain and but she's he like spelled it out even i remember right and she's like they're that's not like there aren't muscles of the knee like if it's a muscle thing it would be like a hamstring or a quadricep like there are just ligaments there so I'm not really sure what the injury is hopefully it's not serious but uh the Warriors were you know it seemed like they were just pounding the Rockets all night Dre leaves Eric Gordon explodes the Rockets come back KD looks like he hits a game winner gets waved off because it was after the buzzer 
Rockets win 122-121. It was a hell of a game. Really entertaining on both sides. Uh, Chris Paul also was out in crunch time. Sounds like he has a minor knee ailment. He missed Wednesday's game against the Kings as well, so hopefully he's not too limited by that. But what did you think um, about the early returns from that new new look Rockets backcourt? I mean, it's so so early and like you said we didn't even get to see chris in uh in crunch time so it's hard to take any sweeping conclusions from that but um we talked about in our what to watch if uh if they would both average Mm -hmm. harden and paul would both average double digit assists i believe they both hit that mark Mm -hmm. in the first game yep so we're on track okay (laughs) (laughs) um so that was nice to see uh this game too honestly both those games opening night were like a blur to me just incomprehensible i'm looking up at that game like how the hell did the rockets get back in this thing yeah i watched the whole thing and i somewhat focused for that one and i still (laughs) didn't understand except for you know the warriors do have a tendency to let you back in especially if you can hit threes like the rockets can um and it's honestly (laughs) what's weird to me is every time they get into a situation where the game is close toward the end, it's like they're surprised by it because it just doesn't happen to them. So, you know, some of that came back to bite them. Uh, Steph was was absolutely murdering uh, down the stretch in the fourth quarter. He had a terrific fourth quarter until the last couple minutes, and then he threw some passes that were Mm ill-advised, to say the least. Um, And I think they were kind of going back at him and pick and roll defensively. So that really turned the game and even still obviously like you said they had the chance to steal it at the end with that that Durant shot just a tenth of a second late pretty much so um good game uh I don't know how much bearing it's gonna have on the rest of the year everyone's been throwing up by the way which I don't appreciate that the Spurs beat the Warriors by 30 opening night last year they're like it doesn't matter because that happened last year okay calm down guys (laughs) i don't think anyone's saying it matters but it was a good game yeah and um you know the rockets showed that they can hang and they have some updated defensive pieces Mm -hmm. oh we should bring up what dan tony said after the game did you guys hear him no what did he say okay so i think draymond had said before the game that he didn't know how how seriously the rockets take defense oh and so then after the game, Dan Tony said, well, apparently they don't take it that seriously either. <laughs> I was like, wow, Dan Tony. Okay, I mean, it's ludicrous to say because they're like always consistently top two defensive team right. in the league, if not the, the best. reigning defensive player um, of the year, but aside from that. Yeah, they're, they're pretty damn good at defense. Yeah. That's what makes them so great, besides right. the fact that they hit a lot of threes. He hasn't <laughs> really mastered that balance yet. But, uh, yeah, that was that was bold. Very bold. Oh, shots, shots fired from a guy who beat the team without because <laughs> they were you know they lost Green for the mm. entire fourth quarter. Iguodala also didn't Iggy. play on yep. yeah, so like <laughs> they were missing their two best defenders. That you might want to pump the brakes there, Mike. Uh, but as you said, I mean I've been pegging PJ Tucker as an underrated addition to the Rockets. Mm. I feel like throughout the off season he came in, he had twenty points, which I did not expect, but like he also just played good defense i mean that's what they're gonna need they they needed to be able to downsize like ryan anderson has no chance against the warriors i like i like him as a player i especially like having knowing everything he's been through i want nothing but the best for him i hope he wins a ring 
is just like against the Warriors in particular. He is, they they go after him. They, I mean, they they know he can't defend stretch players at all. So having a guy like Tucker where you can downsize is huge for them. Uh, and then more, your boy Clint Capella has just been mm-hmm. a monster so far. <clears throat> for the first two games, averaging seventeen points, ten and a half rebounds, and twenty three and a half minutes. Yeah, I I would say our earlier discussion about Capella and Noel is is shaping up to be a good one. Yeah, right. And that's yeah. that's not a discredit to Noel because he also played. Oh, very not at well. all. But yeah, Cl- yeah Capella. Yeah. I mean, even before the Rockets uh, made all of their offseason changes, like back in May, uh, when they were talking about how they needed to get Harden another superstar. Forget if it was Maury or D'Antoni who said this, but they're like, well, we have some talent on the roster. Like, Clint Capella could be that second star, like the, that third member of a big three. And it sounded ludicrous at the time, but like, you know, he he can fill that DeAndre Jordan role. I'm, there's no reason he can't be the DeAndre Jordan for that team. Oh, I'm going to throw another name at you. Not quite as explosive, obviously, but... Whenever people say DeAndre Jordan, it's mostly like defensive-oriented, just garbage man. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna throw a little bit, a pinch of Amar Stoudemire in there. Ooh. The, yeah, I mean, the, he doesn't. He doesn't have the like consistent twenty-foot jump shot yet. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But in terms of attacking the basket and mm-hmm. lurking for lobs mm-hmm. and running the break and and learning angles and stuff like that. I think D'Antoni has brought him to the film room a couple of times. Said, look, look who I coached back in the day. Yeah. He was good. <laughs> right. look, look what I did. Right. Before his knees turned to paper mache. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he... By the way, just a question for the two of you. Would you have imagined, if I had said that Eric Gordon was going to have a 24-point game without a single make from <laughs> from three, would you have believed that? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. He, but he's been playing really well these first two games. Yeah. Sixth man of the year campaign starting already. Uh-huh. No uh, Lou Williams to block him this Right, <laughs> I know, thankfully. Uh, what, do you think there are any big reasons for panic in Warriors land, or is it just like as long yeah, as Dre? Yeah, opening night, yeah. I mean, <laughs> okay. losing on it. I mean, oh God, it's just, it's all downhill from here. Yeah, yeah. Should we instead no. sing the praises of Swaggy P? <sighs> he was minus 10. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> But he was unconscious no, he was in the good. first half. Yeah, yeah, he was good. He was good. I yeah. that that openness in the system that just allows everyone to shoot. I'm just whenever I watch Golden State and they get these great players in like Omri Caspi, who only played four minutes because it's a stock roster. But I mean, it, it's you, you almost feel like oh, these guys are not going to get a shot. They're not going to get their opportunities. But the the Warriors, they almost seem to not care who takes the shot, and that's what's the most frightening to me with a great team. Mm-hmm. It's if you don't care who shoots, ooh, good luck to the opposition. Yeah, like if the, if Steph is not fixated on I need twenty shots a game, I need my twenty five points. I mean, all those guys have gotten paid yeah. except for yeah. KD, and that like. They're going to pay KD. So, you know, usually when guys are hunting for numbers, it's because they're, like, going after their next contract. Like, all of those guys, I guess Clay comes up in two years, but, like, none of them are in a contract year. None of them are hunting for numbers. Like, they're all willing to sacrifice for the greater good because they've seen it come to fruition twice in the Mm -hmm. last three years. Like, they know 
they know the type of team they're on. Like they know, don't be a dickhead and you're going to win a title. Like it's as easy as that. And I, I would argue that a team spending a lot of money would look at a guy who's willing to sacrifice his own numbers and say, you know what? I'd be willing to even pay you more to do that here with us. Yeah. Because that's a winning personality. I mean, who cares if a guy scores 25 It's if it's Derek Rose? Right. If you catch my drift. Yeah. I mean, I mean they paid Iggy. Yeah. They paid Iggy $16 million a year for the next three years. Exactly. Yeah. I, I I would not I don't think any Warriors fans are out there like freaking out after this game. I did see fans from a couple other teams in just full meltdown mode Wednesday, uh, which we'll get to shortly. But <laughs> if you are one of the few Warriors fans out there who is worried, don't be. Your team is still going to win the title. Just hope Dre is the you know whatever knee strain yeah. sprain whatever the hell he had is not serious. That's you could have you could have been a Phoenix fan, <laughs> right? So let's get into Wednesday night's action. I mean, I I don't even think what is there to say about the Phoenix game. They got pounded by fifty. More the only thing I think that's worth mentioning is the Chicago Bulls now have company in the tank race. Hmm. Yeah, Phoenix looked awful, really, really awful. But again, it's one game. Unless I hear Josh Jackson was put in the hospital by Eric Bledsoe or something. <laughs> yeah. I'm not really... I still think the Bulls will hold on to the worst record in the league. Yeah, so... serving Lizzo. So should we talk about that briefly? Uh, Tuesday, I think Sham Sharani of the Why vertical... briefly? This is a huge story. <laughs> it really is. Uh, I think Sham Sharani of the Vertical was the first one to report that... Yeah, he was. Um, Bobby Portis and Nikola Mirotic got into a scuffle at practice uh, based on following reports it sounds like they were kind of just you know jawing at each other um bobby (laughs) then decided to punch nico in the face uh nico suffered a concussion and maxillary fractures in other words Mm -hmm. a broken jaw the bulls have yet two broken bones two broken bones there you go uh the bulls have not released an official timeline for him to return they said he's out indefinitely i've seen reports that say probably at least four to six weeks yeah um, so, you know, for the next, for the first month, like he was supposed to be the you know, starting power forward on opening night. So now they have to redo those plans. Portis got an eight game suspension from the Bulls. So now, yeah, Laurie Marketing time is starting early, I guess. There's the one. Yeah, it is. He is going to start tonight against Toronto. Yeah. So, so that's the yeah. one silver lining, but, um, I suppose what, yeah. like what, I mean, you know, you you and most Bulls fans have been outspoken just about what an organizational shit show they've become. Do you think yeah. this is just reflective of that oh, kind yeah. of chaos? Oh, yeah. Um, supposedly, Fred Horberg was like, could we have an interview yeah. a bit quicker? <laughs> sure, yeah. but... Like, he said hindsight's 50-50. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look, I mean... Let's just call it like it is. When they fired Tom Thibodeau, they fired every ounce of team chemistry they had built. They are a clueless team that has no sense of direction. It came out as well that apparently the Bulls do not have a straw or, or have they don't have a scouting department filled with people. It's pretty limited. And because Gar and John Paxson themselves are scouting a lot, 
This is a team that's been called the financial champions because they routinely earn 50 plus millions million in uh, in raw profit every year. Mm. And they don't reinvest that money into the team in the way that it probably should. I think everyone knows that. I think, including the players. And I think that when you when they show up in practice and they see the kind of shit show that they are looking around at, like their own teammates, not very good. They know that they're going to win like 20 games. And they have management who has fumbled, I don't know how many draft picks, consistently, consistently lose trades. I think it affects players as well. Mm-hmm. I, I think when you are a guy who's looking at all the media coverage that you're getting if you're a Golden State Warrior or a San Antonio Spur or a Cleveland Cavalier, you're going, you know what, at some point I want to shine as well. I want to win. I want to be viewed as a winner. Being with the Bulls does not help me do that at all. Quite the contrary. So I think there was a bit of frustration there because I don't think a fight for the starting power forward slot would go into fisticuffs. <laughs> right. That just seems ridiculous. Uh, supposedly this was three years coming yeah. uh, according to Vincent Goodwill and I have no idea what he means by that but I will believe it so right yeah has he clarified that at all I saw that I, I don't well. I haven't seen it if he has but I'll just say this I mean this is a team that a few years back were rumored to have planted bugs in right. coaches offices right. so look take that with a grain of salt but I mean there's nothing coming out of this team right now that surprises me when that I have shams on like a Twitter notification. Mm-hmm. So I get that immediately on my cell phone when he tweets. And the first line is, you know, Bobby Portis punched Nico Miritich, Mir- Miritich hospitalized. Like the first thing I thought was, oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. Why yeah. not? Makes sense. Like there were, I, I mean, I did go to Twitter like, holy shit. But at the end of the day, I was like, yeah, yeah, I guess. Right. Yeah, makes sense. I think <laughs> it felt. Bill Simmons used to have like I think he called it the Tyson Zone, where it was just like anything could happen. And you're just like, ah, okay, yeah. I believe it. Mm-hmm. The Bulls are dangerously close, if not already there. Oh, they're they're there. Yeah. Look, I mean, when when Pax Pax came out today and like just complete made made things so much worse by just more or less admitting that the team like I mentioned before, has no real scouting department. And then he also defended the Jordan Bell trade. Oh. Yeah, like, uh, as we all know, they've been widely criticized for, no, not trading, sorry, selling the right. Jordan Bell pick mm-hmm. for three or three and a half million, whatever. And it was to build up equity because supposedly there were five guys they wanted in the second round. All five guys were gone. So they didn't feel it would be a good idea to draft, and I'm quoting, a small-ish power, for, for power forward in Jordan Bell when you had Miritich, Portis, and Markkinen. First of all, small-ish? Right, John, have you noticed the way that the NBA is trending? Like, you're a team president, right? Do you, do you know what's going on in the NBA right now? I don't think so. I really don't think so, and it just... I'm so glad that I'm a free agent. Yeah. <laughs> I think the real irony is that Jordan Bell would, like, possibly be their starting power forward tonight. Oh, he would, <laughs> like, yeah, he could, look, he would be their starting center. Yeah, yeah. Easy. Oh, man. So, that's that's our <laughs> weekly Bulls rant. I'm sure they will do some other stupid shit, and then we'll have more to talk about next week. Well, 
I actually wanted to ask you guys. Uh-huh. The eight games. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Does that, to you, seem ridiculously low? Even yeah. if you assume that it was, like, both guys going at it and, and Portis landing a shot. Even if they were, you know, the, they both started or whatever. Eight games, to me, seems like you are just not setting an example at all. Yeah, I mean, way too low. Bobby Marks of ESPN, right after it happened, tweeted like, "There is a clause in a contract that allows you to terminate the contract if you get physically violent with a member of the organization." Right. So, like, they had a chance to cut him completely. Sarah, I guess this is a question for you because you, you're the of the three of us, you're the one who's actually spent time at NBA practices and WNBA practices. Have mm-hmm. you ever seen something like that before? Have you ever seen a confrontation? even on the verge of two people punching each other in the face? No, I've never seen anything close. Uh, that said, I'm sure it probably happens more than we think, but no. I was in a lot of WNBA practices the last few years. I never saw anything like that. Um, I'm trying to think if I even saw... I hardly saw even any trash talk. A little bit every now and then. But it never got to that level. And yet... Well, that's than... unfair. You work for San Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, to answer your question more, yeah, I definitely definitely expected a, a bigger punishment than that. Uh, doesn't seem to set a good tone <laughs> because, no. as you talked about, there's there's probably gonna be some frustration like going into the season. The players know that they're not poised to have a very fun year, so you know it's only gonna foster that environment of being frustrated and. If you only get eight games, I don't know that that's a big deterrent to knock somebody <laughs> out if you feel like knocking somebody out. So, uh, I don't know. That's not great. Oh. And um, apparently, I, I don't remember who, who the quote was from, but in determining uh, the punishment, they said, you know, that, yeah, both guys were aggressors and both guys took responsibility, but only one guy threw a punch. So, I mean, that seems pretty clear to me who really initiate that <laughs> type of contact right. um, but apparently there's video so I'm just wondering when we're going to get to see the tape I've seen conflicting reports about that some oh, say yeah. there aren't any videos mm-hmm. and some say there are so and that's again with the Bulls lack yeah. of transparency you yeah. just you don't know but I mean look if they bug their office surely there there should be video well yeah, if we don't have surely. the Donald Trump P-tape yet I don't think we're going to see the Nico <laughs> Easter is coming up, and I just can't wait to have the whole family in one place. And of course, what's Easter without an awesome Easter brunch? Now, I don't know about your family, but mine is a little picky, and I really wanted to impress them with something delicious. A friend told me I should check out Total Wine and More. It was crazy. They must have every wine and beer imaginable. I told one of their friendly experts my situation, and they found me just the thing. This sparkling wine is going to be absolutely perfect for brunch, even with my picky family. I know next time I need something, I'm shopping at Total Wine and more welcome to total wine and more it's much more than a wine store it's the eighth wonder of the world when people talk about total wine and more they get a little carried away we're just a big friendly place run by people with a passion for wine and beer see we travel the world to find the best wines from the best regions and we sell them at the lowest prices anywhere and friendly helpful experts at every turn you know what maybe we are the eighth wonder of the world Shop in store or online at TotalWine.com. 
All right, Sarah, you were at the Spurs Timberwolves game, so let's talk about that briefly. Uh, and first, I guess we should say, news came out earlier this week that Lamarcus Aldridge, uh, he's going to be at San Antonio for a while. He signed a three-year, seventy-two million extent, seventy-two million dollar extension. Third year, uh, only guaranteed for seven million. But sounds like that heart-to-heart with Pop went well over the off-season, and he played shockingly well on. Uh, against mm-hmm. the Timberwolves Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess the talks did go well. Uh, I did not expect this to happen. It's a little surprising, but I'm encouraged if they're going in a direction of, you know, let's kind of start over here. Let's give each other the vote of confidence here. You know, he seems to, Lamarcus seems to feel very comfortable at the moment, very confident. Of course, you know, Kawhi still is not back, so we'll see kind of what adjustments are made then. But it looks like he's going into the year ready to roll here. So, hey, if the extension helped with that, great. If it didn't, I don't care. <laughs> if, <laughs> if he plays well, I'm happy. So, yeah. And then I, I actually did see um, Pop came out and took a lot of the blame for, mm-hmm. he said he, he tried to change Marcus and that he didn't use him that well. Um, so it just seems to signify as with everything else, this new direction that they're going in. So that sounds good to me. (laughs) Did anyone (laughs) else stand out, uh, on the Spurs side for you last night? I am the type of person who I always immediately buy into like every single role player (laughs) comes (laughs) through the door. So, um, yeah, two guys who didn't even really play last night. I'm excited about Brandon Paul and Derek White when they get their spots to contribute. And it may only be on, like, those token rest games, but I'm looking forward to see what they do. Um, we've already talked about I'm excited about Rudy Gay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I yeah. told you guys my mother is already all in on the Rudy Gay train. <laughs> <laughs> but he was he was great. He got two dunks last night from Manu Ginobili passes that are like, see? See, it's really yeah. fun to play with Manu Ginobili, right? <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, uh, Kyle Anderson had his moments. Um, he knocked down, like, his first shot, I think, was a three, which was huge. Um, he's That's really, between that and the fact that we acquired Rudy Gay and Kawhi Leonard is on the roster, uh, that's kind of going to limit how many minutes he's going to get this year. Mm-hmm. That and the fact that, you know, he has to be willing to take and hopefully sometimes make the those three-pointers. But he looks more confident this year. So when he gets on the floor, he can still do things with that length. Um, Danny Green, did you guys yeah. notice he hit three step back jumpers last night? Yeah. Yep. It was amazing. Yeah. And then he kind of did this, I don't know what drive. He actually did a hesitation dribble that was sick. I'm gonna give him that. But then he kind of threw one over the basket. Um, and then some of the guys around me were making fun of it. Uh, and somebody in the crowd actually went hard in defending Danny Green. I was so proud. I was so, so proud. They're like, what? You're in street clothes, so what do you do? <laughs> I was like, okay, there we go, Danny. Um, DeJounte. DeJounte yeah. looked really good. I mean, he was a little loose with the ball in the very beginning. Um, and that's the one thing that's kind of a vulnerability for his, but he used his length defensively really well. Uh, he's not at all scared to put the ball up. So that was fun. He scored easily. I uh, still would like to see him kind of um, 
could get to the offense a little more, get the ball moving a little more, but he's going to get there. Um, God, I was just everybody. I'm pretty happy with Patty. Didn't have a great game, and that you know they still still pulled it out. So also, if we could talk about the, uh, the Timberwolves, I wanted to bring yeah. up yes, um, Wiggins. You know had a really nice game, and actually he was actually heating up towards the end of the third quarter, and then Tips took him out, and he didn't come back in until. I think four, a little over four minutes to go in the fourth, which I kind of get because their defense had actually really locked down in the fourth quarter, and maybe he didn't want to disrupt that. But then at the same time, uh, it's hard to take out a guy who's really heating up. But just I wanted to make the point that I think it was Adam Maris we had on our Northwest Division preview Mm -hmm. pod made the point that, look, he's going to be getting – his defenders now that he's not going to get as much attention as before so he can mm-hmm. really uh, capitalize on that and that was a, a perspective that I totally hadn't thought about uh, until he said it and that's absolutely what happened last night of course you know Kawhi's out <laughs> so right. it's a little different um, Danny Green ended up guarding Jimmy a lot so um, Kyle Anderson was on Wiggins a lot um, so that's not always going to be a great situation for them when they're playing the Spurs. But a lot of teams don't have that kind of perimeter defense where they can always throw somebody really good at him. So I had been worried that you know he would he's not going to get as many touches. Uh, I was looking up like per- percentages. I went way too in depth on stupid things, but mm-hmm. uh, percentage like Ricky Rubio actually passed to Wiggins more than anybody else last year. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh hell, now now Rubio's gone, and. You know, you, you're going to get these other guys in the mix, uh, just worried about how it was going to go. But now he's he's going to have his opportunities and it's going to be fine. Um, I I think the Wolves are going to have to figure out some type of balance. Um, sometimes their offense, man, it really sputtered mm-hmm. for stretches last night. Of course, they got a lot of new guys. And I think I was expecting Jimmy Butler to have a lot more control over the last few minutes, and he didn't really seem to um so i expect that to change but that's something that the wolves are gonna have to work out of course it's game one so hopefully they will yeah i I, you know i think the thing that caught my eye jimmy like i think you can explain away his relatively underwhelming night because he's danny you know danny green was on him and danny green is an otherworldly defender jeff teague he was on the bench uh in crunch time and he did not look happy about that. Did you see what was going on there? Is it just that Tyus Jones is outplaying him? Or, like, what, you know, was he visibly <laughs> as upset in person as he looked on TV? I didn't notice, um, but I could understand if he was. Yeah, I, actually, some of the people that I was there with, we were talking about that on the way out. Like, uh, what was the deal with that? Is he, like, a little hurt? Or, mm-hmm. like, why wasn't he in as much? Uh, I don't know what happened there. Yeah, it was. I mean, I it, the Wolves just have so many new pieces. It's gonna take time, mm-hmm. and I, I think this really goes for a lot of the teams that had big offseason overhauls. Like, you can't expect them to build Rome in a day. You know, like if if they play relatively competitively against good teams, that's all you can ask for, and it's a long season. Like, very few, if any, teams should be totally in a panic after one or two games in Boston's case. Like. You still got a long way to go, but uh, you know the 
Timberwolves fans, I'm sure right now, like I saw some some Wolves writers mentions after the game. People were like, Carl Anthony Towns cares more about his hair than he does about defense. Bench him. It's like, whoa. This guy, you know, he's 21, 22. He's going to be the face of your franchise for the next decade. Let's let's chill. Like, everyone, take a step back. For you know, what the other... it's worth, I thought he actually was really giving a lot of effort on defense last night. So, <laughs> there you I, don't, go. I, mean, I don't know what they were watching. He actually made a really nice read, too, after he kind of got out of a play, jumped back in to cut off a pass that would have gone for a dunk, no question. And the whole bench was really fired up about it. I heard him calling out, uh, watch for the post up, because the Spurs were uh, getting some mismatches in the post against them with uh, Kyle, I think, mainly Rudy Gay a little bit too. So he was definitely engaged defensively, and the whole team seemed to recognize it. I'm shocked that a random Twitter user who (laughs) was watching the game on TV was wrong about players not caring about defense. This is totally a revelation. Uh, Mort, I think... Another game that seemed to incite panic among a fan base was Nuggets Jazz because the Nuggets, for the first you know two and a half quarters, it seemed like the Nuggets were just beating up on the Jazz, and then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you know, a twenty-eight to thirteen fourth quarter, and the Jazz ran away with it late. First question I want to ask you is: When Donovan Mitchell started the game. <laughs> Do you have like a bat signal that went off? Like it went it's like four AM at your time? Did like did you just no. like spring up from bed? And you're like, oh my god, it's happening. No, but that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I should implement Game something. One. Like Yeah. No, I was I was like, I was pretty surprised. I didn't catch the game. I was rightfully sleeping, right. I wanna <laughs> say. Um I, God, I need to move to Hawaii because that's just like the perfect time frame yeah. to watch NBA games. It's just the perfect time, so I need to move there. So when I, I logged on this morning, uh, I was actually going to catch that game, but League Pass screwed me over big time, which infuriated me. So I had to go box score jumping and YouTube highlight jumping. <laughs> so I didn't catch the whole game, which bothers me to no end. But I, when I saw Mitchell start, I was like, yeah, <laughs> Snyder's realizing it. Snyder's, and then it came out with Rodney Hood yes. for you. I was asking you, like, what's what's up with Rodney? And apparently he had a stomach infection or yeah, something see, like that. The, the, yeah. the term they used, uh, Tony Jones of the Salt Lake Tribune said gastric distress. Ah, okay, yeah. So, so yeah, he so. was on the he was on the toilet, a lot, right? Yeah, he, basically he did not want to play basketball last night. Correct. Right. So that was that was slightly, to, you know. <laughs> That was slightly disappointing for me because I want to see Donovan Mitchell start. He, I thought I think he played well though from what I saw. Yeah, I did catch some glimpses of it, and I caught the condensed game as well. Uh, his shot didn't really seem to be going down, but he was plus twenty two. Mm-hmm. He had that sweet block on Jokic as well. Like guy's a pogo stick, and from everything I've read, the Jazz just the the whole bench just cracked down defensively. Yeah. And that was what Matt Moore told us they would do. Yep. I mean, uh, you got to give credit for that. I don't know when you've got. I mean, hell, with that, if you have that starting five, you have Rubio, Mitchell, Joe Inglis, who is an underrated, excellent defender, Derek Favors, mm-hmm. Rudy Gobert. You've got Thabo Cephalosha coming off the bench. You know, Utah was a top three defensive team last year. They're, they might be even better this year. Like, it, they are going to be a goddamn nightmare to score against. And the only yeah. question is... Pay Udo? 
Yeah, and the only question is like, can they score a hundred? But they, you know, the, they put up a hundred and six last night. The Nuggets were terrible defensively last year. It doesn't seem like they made much strides on that end. Uh, Coach Nick of B-Ball breakdown shared a clip where he's like, it was a clip of Jokic kind of just standing still as someone drove right by him, and he's like, does Jokic stand for a statue in Serbian? <laughs> Which I thought was. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. So he pulled a, an Okafor? Yeah, uh, it, Lassie- it might have been worse than an Okafor. It was, oh, no. Yeah, it was yeah, okay. really bad. Uh, so prayers up to the Nuggets' defense. Uh, Mort, I did want to ask you, so they released Jameer Nelson, surprisingly, to pick up Richard Jefferson, and then Mike mm-hmm. Malone kept being coy about who was his starter. Like, even before releasing, uh, <laughs> before releasing <laughs> Nelson, he's like, I'll tell you who's starting. His last name starts with an M and ends with a Y. <laughs> it's like, great. All right, big help. So finally it came out. Jamal Murray started, played 20 minutes. Uh, Emmanuel Moutier came off the bench, played 19. They, I think, I forget who tweeted this, but someone said they, they went without a point guard for like 11 or so minutes because Will Barton was absolutely on fire, especially in the first half. What mm. Are you concerned at all about this? inconsistent point guard rotation or do you think they'll just figure it out as time goes on i think i've gotten that question by you uh, three times in over the past few months but now I'm we're still not it. concerned we're seeing still not action. concerned yeah i know still not concerned at all at all i mean sure would it be nice to have an all-league point guard there yeah but I, I don't mind the whole positionless basketball thing. I mean, Jamal Murray is a great basketball player. He's a great shooter. And as long as you can spread the court and you have guys who can handle the ball, which they do, you just mentioned Will Barton. Mm-hmm. Like, he is also a capable ball handler and playmaker. Yep. So I, I think there are plenty of guys available on that team to handle those duties. Now, the question is, what type of team are you? Because if you're a team that wants to see the ball go into the hand of the point guard 80-85% of the time, mm-hmm. then yes, it becomes an issue. I just don't think that's going to be the case because we saw last year that Nikola Jokic was handling the ball a whole lot, and I don't think they want to go away from that. I think the team surrounding Jokic understands that he needs the ball a lot. I think they prefer it as well because if you just back cut on him when he's in the post, he's going to find you somewhere, somehow. Now you're adding Paul Millsap to the mix. I mean, at the end of the day, so many gar- guys are going to get great looks. Mm-hmm. I mean, Gary Harris, five for, for seven, three or three from downtown. He had 14 points on seven shots. I mean, I, I don't think it's a problem unless you are looking at it from a defensive perspective. Like, Jamal Murray is not the best defender. Mm-hmm. If that continues to be a thing, then you can start talking about maybe getting an upgrade. Like, if we are going all-out fantasy, Mike Conley on that team would just be beautiful. Ooh. I mean, people have tried, been trying to get Eric Bledsoe to that team for months now. Yeah, I get that, too. And so someone does need to rescue Eric Bledsoe from Phoenix. He can't waste this entire year of his career. Like, his knees are already a ticking time bomb. I was so surprised he wasn't traded this summer. I mean... I uh, thought for sure he was a goner. They, they need to. There's there's no reason to keep him on that team. They are very much not trying to compete this year. So so what what's the deal if you are Phoenix and Denver going for a Bledsoe trade? Uh, I mean, Kenneth Reed has to be included right. because, yeah, he's, he's just not... He doesn't have a role there anymore. Also, just, just to make salaries match, probably, because I'm sure they would want... Right. 
they would probably want Murray, I would assume. Like, they're, you're not going to get Gary Harris because they just no, signed no, him no. to an extension. It's not going to happen. But um, do you give up Murray for Bledsoe? I mean, it, that depends on, like, how, you know, a lot will depend on how crazy he drives Mike Malone. I think, ah, oh, geez, that's tough. If it was like, just if the injuries Fareed, weren't the thing, Fareed and Murray yeah. for Bledsoe. Yeah. Oh man, I don't know. I think, I guess not. Just because, even if you make that trade, you're not beating the Warriors. But like that guarantees you a top six seed. You're flirting with top four at that point. If healthy. If healthy, yeah. 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 And also, there's the age thing to take into account, which is really a big thing because mm-hmm. you have Millsap, who's about what is he, 32, 32. I want to say, yeah. mm-hmm. 32, and then you have Jokic, who's 22, 21, 22, mm-hmm. something along those lines. So there's a decade between them. Yeah. And so you have to choose what direction do you want to go in. Do you want to get a little bit older and go for a sort of pseudo win now, mm-hmm. or do you? get to or do you want to go on the wagon that says you know what we're gonna go with the youth and if we win that's great but that's not our main prerogative right yeah i mean sure right they're like stuck in that weird purgatory where like they they should be competitive now with Millsap especially but as you said like they have Jokic is young murray's young um, harris Harris is young young, and gomez miles malik beasley yeah yeah if, yeah, I mean, if you could somehow finagle that trade and not include Jamal Murray, I think you do it in a heartbeat, even if it means giving yeah. up a future draft pick. Because, you know, in theory, if you get Bledsoe, like, you're going to be in the late first round anyway, so it's not as big of a loss. Um, yeah, it's tough. I, I'm not, again, not, like, I don't want to panic about any team aside from Phoenix. I, Phoenix, you could panic all you want. They're going to be garbage. <laughs> <laughs> um, aside from that, like, if I'm a Miami fan, I'm not super panicked yet, even though you lost to Orlando. Like, Orlando played well. Charlotte, I'm not panicked. Detroit played well. Easter is coming up, and I just can't wait to have the whole family in one place. And, of course, what's Easter without an awesome Easter brunch? Now, I don't know about your family, but mine is a little picky, and I really wanted to impress them with something delicious. A friend told me I should check out Total Wine & More. It was crazy. They must have every wine and beer imaginable. I told one of their friendly experts my situation, and they found me just the thing. This sparkling wine is going to be absolutely perfect for brunch, even with my picky family. I know next time I need something, I'm shopping at Total Wine & and more. Easter is coming up, and I just can't wait to have the whole family in one place. And of course, what's Easter without an awesome Easter brunch? Now, I don't know about your family, but mine is a little picky, and I really wanted to impress them with something delicious. A friend told me I should check out Total Wine and More. It was crazy. They must have every wine and beer imaginable. I told one of their friendly experts my situation, and they found me just the thing. This sparkling wine is going to be absolutely perfect for brunch, even with my picky family. I know next time I need something, I'm shopping at Total Wine and more we let's talk about brooklyn for a second more i because i yeah. i don't i don't want like i didn't want it to happen this way i wanted nope. to make fun of you of the your legitimately right like yeah your yeah. your brooklyn was going to make the playoffs take was just legitimately wrong but then jeremy lynn 
uh, suffered a torn patella tendon, I think, in the third quarter last night. He is out for the year. It was just an absolutely... brutal. Yeah, it was so heartbreaking because, like, the clip started circulating on Twitter, and it was just like... He grabbed the knee and he knew right away. He just kept saying, I'm yeah, done, I'm done. Yeah, he said, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, oh. You know, the poor guy, like, missed so much of last year with hamstring issues. It just totally sucks that uh, that he's out already for the year. This year, I mean, at this point... Do you think I'm done was actually meant to the career? I hope not. Like, like I, I, yeah. I'm just... I'm kind of looking at it from, like, the a, a personal perspective. Like, if you keep getting beaten up by injuries Mm -hmm. at some point you just you won't enjoy life yeah i mean you would just be constantly chasing something and it goes wrong and i mean he's a smart guy i could totally see him just go you know what i've tried i made a lot of money Mm -hmm. i've had i've enjoyed tremendous success but just can't i can't live it this way anymore yeah like i want to be able to walk when i'm 50 right i don't want any long term I mean, I hope that's not the case. Yeah. I hope he returns. I hope he's healthy, and I hope he he enjoys a long career. But I wouldn't blame him at all if he just decided, nope. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I mean, like with Hayward, prayers up that he just comes back healthy and he is able yep. to continue his basketball career next year. Uh, unfortunately, we do have to consider the basketball ramifications of this and more. <laughs> Uh, the Nets gave up 140 to a Pacers team that gave up Paul George this summer. Um, on the bright side, D'Angelo Russell, the breakout mm-hmm. campaign started with <laughs> with Thunder, 30 points on 12-22 shooting. Um, mm-hmm. But with Lynn out, what are your expectations now for this Nets team? Not the playoffs. I think Lynn was a crucial element there at the point guard position. Um, not just because of his game, but also because of his age. He was one of the more more experienced guards there, mm-hmm. and you do win with experience as well. And I think he was at that stage where he was just going to lead everyone to the promised land of the playoffs, which in the Eastern Conference is not really the promised land, but okay. Um, they are probably going to go... like early to mid 30s for me i'm still optimistic wow. about them having a good season i know you're you, you're like <laughs> oh you're you're claiming victory with 25 yeah. but i i still think that i'm claiming victory if they win 35 games yeah. that's where i'm at I, I don't want a freebie here i don't want 25 is 25 i think it is no. i think it is i think they're a lot better than people give them credit for i love karis lavert yeah i think alan crab is going to get better there um you know, Quincy Aze's really dropping threes. Trevor Booker looked great. Mm-hmm. The The problem I have is Hollis Jefferson. That's, I mean, he played well in coming to the line and whatnot, but he's just not a shooter. Mm-hmm. And you really need that added spacing to it. But with LeBert getting more minutes, which I'm guessing he will get because yeah. of the out, I, I, could, I could see this working to some extent. Not playoff because that's a huge guy to lose. So I'm aiming for 35, but I'm also not... I wouldn't be surprised if they don't crack 30 at all. And if they end up with the, on your 25 list there, then, yeah, I mean, I could see it. Yeah. Because Lynn seems to be the heart of that team. I would be very surprised if they crack 30 now. 
I just don't. I mean, they gave up 140 points to the Pacers. Yeah, the Pacers yeah, didn't have yeah. Paul George. Like, they did not play a lick of defense. And that was a thing with D'Angelo Russell in Los Angeles last year. Mozgov, like, he's still a statue. They just, mm. I think Matt Moore. He took a three! <laughs> he did take a three. <laughs> uh, Matt Moore said it best in our season preview. Like, they have a lot of guys who I like individually, but when you put them together to win a basketball game, no. Well, Matt went a little bit further. He he asked himself how many of those guys on the roster are NBA players. Yeah. When you look at the guys who played last night for him, mm-hmm. I think each and every one is. You could argue Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah. Like, he's on the bubble. Right. But Karis LeVert, yes. Mm-hmm. Alan Crabb, yes. Quincy AC, yes. Booker, mm-hmm. Russell, Lynn, Moskov, Hollis Jefferson, Carroll, all NBA players. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I just... I don't. I'm not that down on them, um, and I'm kind of surprised that Indiana was even capable of getting 140. Also, I mean, that the, was... the Victor Oladipo breakout season that was, you know, yeah, an obvious, 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 obvious. That came to fruition. Miles Turner, welcome to the Unicorn Club. 21, 14, and four with a three. I mean. You know, the, it's a bonus. Seven yeah. for seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, shout out to Lance Stevenson. Sixteen points on nineteen shots. Incredible. <laughs> Just in twenty-four minutes. Yeah. yeah. Really, truly incredible. Um, he heard that podcast we did when you said you just wanted to see Lance Stevenson go off. I did. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly. Um, you guys, you know, I'm not gonna let this episode go without bringing up the Sixers. They were the first nationally televised game Wednesday. Uh, Look, Embiid, you know, first of all, if Embiid... He looked all right. If he came through with that murder dunk on Jason Smith in the first minute, I think they would have just, like, stopped all games that night and just held a moment of silence instead. Because, like, Jason Smith's career would have been over. Yeah, that was pretty vicious. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, he looked good. I mean, he he went well over... You know, Brett Brown said he was going to play somewhere in the teens. He ended up playing 27 minutes. Um... You know, it looks like he still needs to get his legs under him a little bit. Uh, he definitely looked gassed, especially toward the end of the game. I love... <laughs> he's He's got that... Where, like, Nico had that little, like, rip-through three-point move where he, like, yep. goes up with the ball and then <laughs> drives to the basket. That's already one of Joel Embiid's staples. And Marcin Gortat was not buying it at all, but he still <laughs> kept going to it, which was hilarious. And the difference is Embiid is a seven foot two, two eighty monster, and he's doing it way better than Nico ever did. Yeah, right. Yeah, which but is when yeah. when someone doesn't buy it, he doesn't care, and he still just drives oh, yeah, into the yeah. basket. Uh, I tried to warn everyone about Robert Covington being a real thing. Twenty nine points, seven threes. Dude's about to. He's up for an extension in mid November. He's about to make bank. This is why. Um, Mark Fultz, like. The shoulder is an issue. That's all I'm going to say. Like, I had a friend at the game last night. He said every time Fultz ran back on defense, he's grabbing at the shoulder. You know, he took two free throws, missed them both. Like, the, the free throw shooting stroke is still an issue. But I'm, I'm at least, you know, I think it's weird to see a number one pick come off the bench and play only 18 minutes. But I'm glad the Sixers are being conservative with him. Uh, he claims the shoulder is getting better and is near 100%. So if that's the case, you know, I hope that that's true. And I hope we get to start seeing more of him. But, like, I am I want them to be conservative, especially given 
all of the injuries that have befallen them in recent years, and some of which could be argued as due to medical mismanagement and letting guys play through stuff. Um, that said, he, you know, he doesn't trust his jumper at all right now, and he still scored 10 points. He's still really crafty around the basket. Um, that offensive rebound tipping he yeah. had when he almost didn't look at the ball yeah. or in the hoop, sorry. Yeah. That was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I'm, I'm still optimistic about him. I'm not panicking over him over one night. Ben Simmons, though. Ben Simmons is the goddamn truth. He looked incredible. Like, I don't care that he can't shoot the ball. He didn't attempt a single three-pointer. I, I don't know how you guard him in transition. Like, I, I don't know if you guys saw the clip of Embiid blocks John Wall's shot, feeds it to Simmons. Bradley Beal tries to get a charge. And, like, Simmons just did, like, go-go gadget arms and did a finger roll right over him. Like, it was, I mean, you know, I I... Wish I could have seen him play last year. I'm sad that he broke his foot. That sucked. But, like, you know, he says the year off helped him develop as a basketball player and helped the game slow down so he was, like, ready to hit the ground running. He proved it last night. Like, he looked really good. So I'm I'm very optimistic. You know, I, I saw people, even before the game, uh, were like, well, congratulations, you have the ninth best team in the East. And it's like, well, yeah they're not going to win like the, you know they they're not going to win the NBA championship this year they are going to they they might be in a lot of these games where like it's close late and then they make a couple stupid mistakes and they lose and they struggle to win 35 games but you are blind if you don't recognize the talent on this team and like after the game Bradley Beal was on Sports Center and they were asking him like do you think you know this is going to be a rivalry in the near future. And he's like, yeah, man, they've got, like, look at the young talent on that team. Like, they're all, they're only going to get better. So, yeah, it sucks they're 0-1, but I'm very pleased with how everything went. Also, Joel Embiid didn't get hurt, so it's we're technically 1-0. That's that's the only <laughs> record that matters this year. Did Joel Embiid get hurt? No, it's a win. So, if this Philly Rand is going to be a thing throughout the course of the season... Sarah, you and I should just make an agreement to go get coffee, and then we can just let Brian <laughs> rant for twenty minutes. Yeah, sorry, I, I think I I went over that time talking about the Spurs, so <laughs> I can't be mad. I will say, I, I have a... John Wall is an absolute monster as well. He he's yeah, he might be. I mean, Kyrie, Kyle Lowry, Isaiah. I think John Wall is the best point guard in the East. So I I have a question for you, Brian, because you keep repeating, you know, oh, and people are against Robert Covington. Mm. I'm not seeing anyone against Robert Covington. I think that was a thing of the past. No, people just. I mean, don't, I think people have like, come around on smart on Covington. people. I think it's like the the people that are fixtures of basketball Twitter and like the analytically minded people are, but like as you know. Halfway... Oh, well, I'm a dumbass, and I see the value. <laughs> but halfway through last year, he was getting booed every time he took a shot. Like it, what? yeah, because he like he went well, in Philly. Yeah, he went through a cold stretch, and he was missing a lot, and he was getting booed. Like this is how we say hello in Philadelphia. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, <true>. right. Apparently, <laughs> there was a Rupert. <laughs> no, uh, I don't know. I mean, I hope. I, Dude's going to be a fixture of the team for a long time, so I don't care. But Wizards, 
Wall and Beal are incredible. Yeah, can we talk some Wizards? Yeah, like Otto Porter's great. Marcia Gortat played really well. Kelly Oubre. Kelly, yeah, yeah. Kelly Oubre. If that dude comes on yeah. and he's a fixture off the bench, yep. that team changes dramatically. But here's my question. I guess they didn't have Markeith Morris last night and Jason Smith yeah, got they, hurt early. Right. Their bench is still pretty garbage. Like every but if time, Kelly Oubre does not turn into garbage yeah. alongside them. That's true. I mean, if but like, you're gonna go six deep, seven deep. Like I'm, yeah. I, every time that bench unit, like the the starters would open the lead against the Sixers, the Wizards bench would come in and the Sixers would wipe out the lead. That it happened every single time. Mm. Like especially in the, I think the start of the second quarter, it was all Sixers starters versus Wizards bench. And they wiped out like an eight point lead in a minute. Like it was, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I once it sounds like Morris should not be sidelined for much longer. He should be back by the end of November at the latest. So maybe that changes things. And like, yeah, more Uber played a hell of a game. So they just need to unleash Chris McCulloch. I think he is a gem that's just sitting there. Yeah, he didn't. He can shoot. He didn't see the floor. He's athletic. He can run the floor. He can challenge shots. I am. I'm not seeing a single reason as to not why why you shouldn't give him a chance, especially on this Washington bench. Mm-hmm. I know you're paying Jan Mahimi a shit ton of cash, but who cares? Yeah, give Chris a shot because if he surprises, you have two guys coming off the bench in Upre and him who can make life so much easier for the first rotation. Mahimi had no chance against Embiid last night. It was so brutal. Well, no one's going to have a chance at yeah. a seven foot two, <laughs> 280 but beast. He, I, mean. I mean, Gortat at least held his own. Mahimi just, like, kept picking up fouls just immediately. Like, he had four mm-hmm. fouls in 14 minutes, and he just got so frustrated. Uh, it was hilarious. But, yeah, I mean, the Wizards, like... I, I asked this question at the top of the hour. Now that Hayward's gone, you know, Boston, you got to figure it's going to step back a few pegs. Are the Wizards now the second best team in the East, Mort? Could be, depending on how Toronto plays this year. I mean, I, I honestly don't really care about, you know, who is number one through four because mm-hmm. we know that the top four is going to remain in some capacity of that same order. Mm-hmm. Like, no one is going to come in from the outside to knock around those four. Well, so it, I, wait, what? Who? We talked about Milwaukee. Yeah. Okay. So fair. Giannis had a wicked game, 37, I think 13 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. But I, I, I just need to see that a little bit more consistently for him to, to go to that level. Having said that, Boston is 0-2. Right. And Kyrie is... Well, he's pretty much the same Kyrie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he had 17 points on 25 shots last night. Exactly. Same Kyrie. Yeah, I mean, we we said it earlier. Brown and Tatum are both playing well. Horford's still doing his, like, do-it-all role. Marcus Smart mm-hmm. moved into the starting lineup against the Bucks. Uh, he's hitting threes. He's still really inefficient from the field, but he's you know he's doing his typical bulldog Marcus Smart thing. Depth is now an issue for Boston. Like mm-hmm. you know that was they ro- they deprived themselves of some depth with the Isaiah trade. Um, now that Gordon Hayward's out, you know it, it's that's a concern. So it, like frankly, it would not surprise me. I 
I don't think this Giannis game last night was an aberration. I think that's just no, kind of not. what we should expect from him moving. Maybe not 37 and 13 every night, but like 20, at least 25 and 10 with five assists. Baseline. I was just about to say, you know, the 13 rebounds. I wouldn't even be surprised if, if you know, Giannis became one of those great rebounders. It, it's kind of like Kevin Garnett's development. He started out as an okay rebounder. Mm-hmm. Then he started figuring out, oh, you know what? I'm longer yeah. and more athletic than everyone else. And then he started leading the league in rebounds. And given that Milwaukee doesn't really have a ton of high-volume rebounders, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Giannis become one of those 11, 12 rebounds a night type. I mean, I mean he, it, what's, what's stopping him? He packed on a lot of muscle this summer. He looks terrifying. Mm-hmm. It looks like he's finally realized, like, oh, I really am one of the best players in the game. Yeah. Now it's time for me to show it. Like, I'm... Did you guys see that, like, the lob? I think it was from Brogdon that he caught one-handed over Aaron Baines. And it was like... Yeah. I, he had, like... Dolcim arms from Street Fighter, like he just stretched for two miles and dunked that ball through it. Like he's, I mean, I am starting to regret not having him higher in my MVP ranks. Like, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Like, I don't. He could, he's probably going to end up there anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think, you know, it's one game I know, but like, I don't think you could call him a dark horse for MVP anymore. I feel like no, he would jump ahead of. All but Kawhi and LeBron, maybe. And he's also going to get a, a lot of love for voters because he doesn't have, like, two or three all-stars alongside him. Right. Yep. So if, he, if, if he's going to average, like, 27 and 12 mm-hmm. on a team where he's, the you know, they're the fifth seed, or if they, as we talked about, maybe break into the fourth, mm-hmm. top four thing, yeah, then absolutely he's a strong candidate. That's Having true. said that, there is one guy out there who is definitely um let's say optimistic about his chances of taking home some hardware have you seen what Kristaps porzingis uh, has in terms of his goals for himself for this year no he wants to make the all-star game which is feasible mm-hmm. he wants to be defensive player of the year and he also wants to be the most improved player of the year oh, and oh, at oh. some point he wants to have a quadruple double oh homie you play for the Knicks. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I guess because he's the only player, aside from Tim Hardaway Jr., who could actually right. put up numbers. Maybe that's possible, but... Oh, boy. But I like it, though. Yeah, I like goals. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Josh Richardson says he wants to lead all guards and small forwards in blocks, so whatever. That's fine. Yeah. Markel Fultz said he wants to win the MVP this year. Did he really? Yeah. Oh, God oh. damn it. That, <laughs> that's too far, Markel. Um, Sarah anyone else jump out to you for Wednesday night I guess I want to give a brief not shout out to the New Orleans Pelicans who wasted otherworldly performances from both DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis and still lost by 12 points yeah right exactly like I'm (laughs) I'm already worried that that where that's going to be a consistent theme where those two combine for 61 points 28 rebounds eight blocks four threes they lose by 12 to a Grizzlies team where Marcus Gasol shot 6 of 18. To be fair, Drew Holiday didn't show up. Yeah. At all. But, like, who else do they have? Like, this was our right. concern coming into the year with them. And, yeah, you know, 
Well, right, but if Holiday shows up, it's a different ballgame. Yeah, but, God, like, you're requiring all three of your stars to show up. Like, they need something else from someone. They do, yeah. They, they, need, they need some shooting, and I, I've said this, I think, five or six times over the course of the summer. They need to go scour the D-League for the best shooters. Yeah. And just give them rotation minutes right off the bat. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what's the alternative? Right. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. And um, Sarah, our worst fears were confirmed about Dennis Schroeder and the Hawks. 26 field goal attempts. They actually beat the Mavericks in spite of that. But it seems like it's going to be the Dennis Schroeder show this year in Atlanta. Um, anything else stand out to you from Wednesday's slate of games? No, I... I wanted to just jump in on the Giannis conversation. Oh, yeah, um, please. Because I was watching, uh, trying to catch up as much as I could, and watching how he got all of his points, his 37 points. And, you know, we've talked about his his jump shot and whether or not, you know, he'll ever get a consistent one, and if he does, how unstoppable he will be. But it's deeply unsettling to watch him and think, you know, it, he almost doesn't have to. Like, I would love to see him do it. Um, but it's like, who's going to stop him? You know, I've watched it. All of his points are like taking the ball coast to coast. And at first I'm watching thinking, why is no one getting in front of him? But it's like, really, who's going to stop him from getting where he wants to go? Mm-hmm. He's too big. Yeah. He's too long. He's too quick. He's too strong. I mean, he he does post-ups. He does the... A lot of his points came from being the role man on the pick and roll last night. Mm-hmm. It's like, what are you gonna do with it? Nothing. They, you kind of have to do the the Stan Van Gundy build a wall defense to keep him out of the paint, and you know that opens up for Middleton to shoot or Brogdon to shoot. He had a nice game last night. Mm-hmm. Just, but that's what you have to do. I, I mean, mm-hmm. we'll see when the teams get maybe uh, their defensive schemes down a little better and are more disciplined uh, how it goes when you try to force them out of the paint. But he's just almost unstoppable already. (laughs) I can't wait to see if he gets that outside jumper working. Yeah, definitely. Um, Mort, is there anything else you want to talk about from Wednesday's game? Because if not, I have one final question about Giannis. Uh, Well, go there first, and then we'll take mine afterwards. Uh, so, I tweeted this last night, because I, I'm writing the, we did the b-ball breakdown top 50, and my esteemed colleagues decided to rank Giannis ninth overall. I already had to defend DeMarcus Cousins being 27th, I'm now having to defend Giannis being the ninth best player in the NBA. At the end of this year, where do you see him ranking? Do you think he's in the top five? Oh, you're thinking. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got LeBron, you have Kawhi, you have KD, you have Steph Curry. Name another player who's going to be better by him or better than him at the end of the year. I think you broke Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Like Russ? Would you take Russ over him? Would you take Harden over him? Would you take Brow over him? I wouldn't take Russ over him, but I'm no, I would I'm sure a lot of people would. I wouldn't. Yeah. Um, I mean, Harden, that's the thing. Me, it's a personal preference. Um, I was just watching wistfully yesterday before the game, uh, before I had to leave, I was watching highlights of Kawhi from 
I think it was game four of the first round last year against Memphis in which he down the Spurs ended up losing in overtime, but down the stretch, I think he scored like all their points. He also, you know, is a a guy, yeah, stealing the ball on the other end, blocking shots on the other end. And he does it from end to end. Mm -hmm. And that's the type of thing that Giannis can do as well. So for me, I'd love Harden's skill level as a, as a creator, as a shooter. Um, but I just kind of tend to prefer the guys who can do it from end to end like that. So mm-hmm. I probably, I probably would put Giannis in that that top five if he continues to develop throughout the year. Yeah, yeah, that's where that's where I am too. Like Russ, Harden, AD, all probably better players offensively at least because at least until that jumper comes around. But he's better than all three defensively. Even Davis, I don't think. Maybe that's debatable. I mean, (laughs) saying Giannis is better than Russ or Harden defensively is not debatable. I guess Brow is, you know, probably a little more controversial. But I don't know. I I would be surprised if he's not in that top five, fine, top six mix. Like, I feel like you have to factor in the injury risk with Davis, and that puts Giannis way ahead. Mm -hmm. But is there a debate about who's the better finisher between Giannis and Russell? Ooh. Probably Giannis, right? I know. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't. Aside from not having a consistent three point shot, I don't know what he can't do already. And the kid's twenty three, like, or is he twenty two still? Like, what the hell is he gonna be? He's still years <laughs> yeah, away just, from his prime. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say I don't think he's twenty three. Yeah, yet. I think he's. I think he turns twenty three in December. I want to say. Yeah, okay, so it's right around the corner. Oh, God, he's going to be beastly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the whole who's better and the top lists and whatnot, I think Seth Partnow nailed it a couple years back when he said, it's so difficult, you know, to to put someone up against each other. You should just put them in tiers mm-hmm. instead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you have those level one tiers, level B tiers, and so on. And and that's really what I'm looking for with Giannis. I think he was in the beer in in the B level mm-hmm. last year, and I think he's entering the A level this year. Yeah. So that's and and that's with you know, Russ, Harden, Kawhi, LeBron, Curry, Durant, etc. Yeah. And I'm just I'm so excited to watch. He's like one of the things I'm most excited about for this season. Yeah. I just yeah. He's. Oh, you got a good one, Bucks fans. So, Mort, anything else from Wednesday you want to discuss? Yeah. Uh, first of all, John Collins. Mm. He played well for Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I liked him coming in. People were really knocking him because he didn't have three-point range and he's not a good defender. I agree on both counts, and that is a problem. But he was extremely efficient at Wake Forest. He's athletic, and he just knows what a good shot is, and that seems to have carried over to the NBA. So if that trend continues, I could definitely see him carve out a really nice role for himself in 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 what should be a long NBA career. Because if you can take and make shots consistently, that's an asset, regardless of how you look at it. We we spent a lot of time talking about Greg Monroe recently. Mm-hmm. So if you can have one of those guys coming off the bench and and giving you double figure scoring at you know fifty five fifty seven percent shooting, you take it. You absolutely take it. And then. Dylan Brooks or Memphis, yeah. 19 points. Uh, you had De'Aaron Fox with, I think, 14 
for the Kings. Mm-hmm. So, so far, I'm taking the rookies yeah. of this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, the rookies were you know were hyped a lot, and they came in. It was a little bit disappointing. The rookie class overall. I mean, look, Malcolm Brockton won Rookie of the Year. I mean, wrongfully. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely <laughs> wrongfully. Um, good player, but I mean, it was just very underwhelming. Yeah. And I'm hoping to see a turnaround in that for this year. I, I'm I've been in love with this whole rookie class. Jordan Bell uh-huh. uh, had I did he have eight, yeah, eight points or something eight or nine points in his debut as well. Dennis so, Smith Jr. Really sixteen and ten last night. That's right. Yeah, he had the ten assist, which surprised me. That's mm-hmm. right, sixteen and ten. So definitely looking forward to the rookies. Yeah, this should be a, a hell of a rookie of the year race. And Lonzo Ball makes his debut tonight, which I'm sure will be... Really, that's the only good game on the slate, because the other one is Toronto, Chicago, and OKC, New York, which both will not be competitive for very long. But since we're talking about rookies, Laurie Markin will start there you for go. the Bulls, so that's, that's true. something. That's true. And he did play well in preseason. I do want to shout out the Sacramento Kings for not doing what we all feared and starting all their veterans, both Willie Cauley-Stein yeah. and Scala Bissieri started last night. Zebo was unavailable. I forget. Some, I don't think anything major, but uh, shouts to them for like, they played their youngsters and they only lost by five to a Rockets team that many expect to be one of the top contenders in the West. Like it was a hell of a showing from them. Uh, Stanley Johnson, O of 13 from the field, but still a plus six on the night. If you want, Duncan Smith of Piston Powered has a good write-up about why the box score is misleading there. And I'm... He's at the Athletic now. Oh, is he? I think he is. Oh, okay. There you go. Then, uh, yeah, check that out. Um, And then (laughs) I'm a little nervous that I have to issue a mea culpa about Orlando not being worth watching because... They hung a surprising loss on the Heat, even though Hassan Whiteside went off and hit a three-pointer, surprisingly. Uh, Aaron Gordon, the breakout year, is here. And, you know, they got, they were, like, it was surprising balance from that team. Like, it's a little too early to go all in on the Magic and say they're actually going to be competitive in the East, but the early returns from that one game, it's eye-opening. It seems like they're at least, you know, not a complete pushover. So, shouts to the Magic. If you keep it up, I will issue an official apology for crapping all over you for the past two years on this podcast. Did you see the white side three-pointer? Yeah. That was like, I could not care less three-point attempt. <laughs> like, they were down by, I think, 13, 14, and he just stepped into it. And he launched the most nonchalant three-pointer I've ever seen. Yeah. He was like... Yeah, screw it. Like, it it just took me back to the Andrew Bynum days uh, in Los Angeles. God damn it. Yeah, you had to bring him up. <laughs> oh, in L.A. Yeah, Come on. L.A. Right, the L.A. time. When he took that Philly. three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he took that three in, in Golden State and was pulled immediately. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Good times. Uh, yeah. So, apologies if we didn't touch upon your favorite team too much. Again... There was a lot on the slate. We will hopefully, as the season goes on, we'll start doing deep dives on certain teams, certain noteworthy teams. So if we didn't touch your favorite team this time, we will hopefully get there next time. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. You can find all of our handles in our Twitter bio, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some reviews. We'd love any feedback. 
or being hosted this year on FanRag Sports. So follow them on Twitter at FanRag Sports and for their NBA content at FanRag NBA. Until next time, I'm Brian Toporek, and I was joined, as always, by Morton Jensen and Sarah Chalea. Have a good one, you two. You, you too. too, Brian. And I'd advise everyone, if you haven't gone seen Blade Runner 2049, go see it. I saw Ooh. it last night, and it was great. Oh, next time we need to talk about the Star Wars trailer, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, later, guys. Welcome to Total Wine & More. It's much more than a wine store. It's the eighth wonder of the world. When people talk about Total Wine & More, they get a little carried away. We're just a big, friendly place run by people with a passion for wine and beer. See, we travel the world to find the best wines from the best regions, and we sell them at the lowest prices anywhere. And friendly, helpful experts at every turn. You know what? Maybe we are the eighth wonder of the world. Shop in-store or online at TotalWine.com. Easter is coming up, and I just can't wait to have the whole family in one place. And of course, what's Easter without an awesome Easter brunch? Now, I don't know about your family, but mine is a little picky, and I really wanted to impress them with something delicious. A friend told me I should check out Total Wine & More. It was crazy. They must have every wine and beer imaginable. I told one of their friendly experts my situation, and they found me just the thing. This sparkling wine is going to be absolutely perfect for brunch, even with my picky family. I know next time I need something, I'm shopping at Total Wine & more. Are you an experienced driver looking for a career that pays well and offers vacation days from the start? If so, then drive for Penske. Talk to a Penske representative today and apply now. Call 855-CDL-PENSKE. Start driving with Penske today. Want extra cash for vacation or to buy something you've always wanted? Transfer your auto loan to Pathways Financial Credit Union and we'll give you 1% cash back up to $1,000. And you can enjoy no payments for three months. Visit a convenient Central Ohio location and let us take care of your auto loan and provide extra cash. Check us out at PathwaysCU.com. Offer of credit subject to credit approval. Loan interest will continue to accrue during the first three months of no payments. Pathways is federally insured by the NCUA.